The following program is for adult audiences only. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. In this episode, Rick and Steven talk about giants roaming the earth. A killer doll found in a wall leaves a threatening message and according to an anthropologist, ghost hunters have it all wrong. Welcome to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk Podcast. This is your show. Welcome everybody to another episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your host, Ghost Hunter. Rick Hale, author Rick Hale, the dude on Ghost Watch, Rick Hale. He's just a man of many talents. And I am here too, Ghost Hunter Stephen Lancaster. And before we jump right into this, just a couple quick things. Um, and I'm going to butcher this, but uh, the owner of feedspot.com asked us to mention the fact, which we did on the last show, that we ended up the number five paranormal show in the world. And he asked us if we could, yeah, if we could actually mention that on the show, uh, from his list on Feedspot, the 15 best paranormal talk shows in 2022. And the link to that is in our notes for this podcast. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And you guys have probably seen or noticed, um, if you follow us on Facebook that we've decided to add some, sub shows to our main flagship show you know rick and i get together once a week um to do shadow initiative paranormal talk and we've been discussing like man we wish we could get more content out there to you guys well it's hard enough for rick and i to kind of coordinate one day a week let alone two three or four more and and frankly one day with rick's enough for me but yeah no kidding i mean (laughs) looking at you every week is like good god we decided to take Rick's Ghost Watch, which has been a, a very popular segment, and now he brings those episodes throughout the week whenever he feels like doing it. I'm taking my Ghost Story podcast, which pretty much was just a podcast of me telling you about my most productive investigations. So it's like both are ghost stories. You're just, uh, it's more individualized. You hear these stories from Rick, and then you can hear these stories from me. And then on Sundays, we're together as one unstoppable paranormal force currently at number five. Number five. So, here, but, uh, you know, I just want to share something about, about Ghost Story. Go, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, um, Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch isn't going to be just about, um, you know, ghost stories or investigations that I've done. It's also going to be things where you can learn some stuff like uh, one of the recent ones was a um, was kind of like a historical and you know religious uh, take on you know what demons are where they come from and where it is they're going and how everything isn't always about you know just because a spirit is being unpleasant doesn't make it a demon so there's going to be stuff like that too there's going to be tips and tricks there's going to be ways to do investigations there's going to be uh you know things on theory and you know it's it it isn't just uh ghost stories well what i like about your ghost watch show and uh yes folks out there i've listened to every one mostly because i have to because i'm producing it uh for this network 
But um, I like it because it's educational to me. And you see a different side of Rick where he's just focused on talking to you, kind of giving his own opinion on things. And uh, it's nice for me because I really don't research that kind of stuff. So it's something I can sit back and, and, and listen to Rick's story. So you guys check that out throughout the week. We'll be dropping episodes of Ghost Watch and episodes of Ghost Story. So, Rick, how has things been going, yes. my friend? Uh, things have actually been going very well. Um, I hope that everybody, you know, had a great Mother's Day. If you're a mother la- last week, I hope you had a great Mother's Day. Um, that's why we didn't do last week. But, you know, things things are actually going really well. Um, you know, just so, like, you know, everybody knows, you know, so keep me in your thoughts and all that. I'm sure everything will come back fine. Got a scan coming up here in uh, about a week and a half. Um, it's going to be three it's three years now being cancer-free. So I got that coming up, and I'm feeling pretty confident and pretty good about it. Well, speaking of which, since we're old guys talking about this kind of stuff, yeah, I just got lab work for the first time on Fridays since last mm-hmm. September. I don't know if I told you how much they struggle to get my blood. Have I told you this? Every time I go in, man, it's oh, three, yeah. Yeah, three or four different sticks up in the arms, down on the wrists, whatever, the, the hands. They can't get it. Friday, finally, since last September, they got four tubes out of me. And I'm a little nervous, man, because, you know, I'm getting to that age where it's like, I mean, dude, I eat like shit, you know? And it's like, man, what's going to come back mm-hmm. from this test? But anyways, that's not why we're here. We are here to talk the paranormal. And as always, Rick and I have an exceptional, fantastical episode awaiting i'm so glad that you said it that way because now i don't owe you five bucks right see? i don't even know where i'm at by now I, i'm 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 sure that oh you're I'm probably about a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure i'm you're, about a hundred bucks in the uh in the hole right now you just bought my my latest uh vintage star wars toys i picked up at the flea market yesterday i saw that god and even jamie was like what a nerd <laughs> screw you guys and guinea (laughs) whatever man so what what do you got on the plate for this episode my man well this week is going to be something a little bit different we're not going to really be talking about ghosts or aliens um although that might play into it a little bit but i found this really interesting um article and it comes from alabama and the um, headline reads 1000 year old native american carvings of mysterious giant humanoids discovered on the ceiling of a cave of an Alabama cave. So I found that article. So I'm like, you know, you, you hear a lot of these stories, not only from just from, you know, a native American perspective, but from other cultures as well of giant humanoids, uh, you know, giants, either, you know, being friends of humanity or attacking humanity. Uh, most of the time it's them being aggressive towards towards, you know, uh, average sized people. So, you know, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that and, uh, you know, tying it in with some other things. Yes, I've got some things I'm going to throw at you. I've been uh, following this anthropologist. Um, I I find him very interesting, man. He uh, because you Mm -hmm. don't really you don't really put uh, anthropology with ghost hunting. You know what I'm saying? You don't really really should. Oh, exactly. And this guy does. His name is Jack Hunter. 
and I've kind of been following him along, and I just watched a uh, presentation he did for uh, Harford the other day. Um, he did a streaming for them, and they posted it online. And we're going to talk about some things he said about ghost hunting and the paranormal in general, which I found extremely interesting, and I think you will too. And we also got on the plate, Rick. You know, it's something, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, why can't this shit happen to me? You know, I'm the guy that this shit needs to happen to. We've got a story, Rick. People buy an old house and they find something Mm -hmm. in the wall. And we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, you know, interesting that you you should say that. Because when I had that investigation in uh, Jefferson Park, Chicago, um, about a month or so ago, whenever, um, they found like old newspaper articles in the wall from like the early 1900s so yeah i mean people find stuff especially in old homes all the time oh yeah man I, it just doesn't, never happens to me it's like i'll buy some old house and bust out every wall and there'll be nothing but asbestos yeah. <laughs> that's about it and well you know hey it's just it goes like with anything else it's like why can't i be the guy that wins 350 million dollars in the lottery Happens to it, other people. Instead, it's, the, us, it's the guy that doesn't work. You know, he, he's on government assistance. All, you see him at the gas station every morning getting his, like, two 24-ounce Budweiser's. Oh, give me three mm-hmm. of them lottery tickets. Yeah, he's the guy that gets three, $300 million. <laughs> Every yep. time. It so. never fails. So yeah, we got some we got some really great stuff coming up for everybody today. Uh, definitely a different kind of show than what we would typically do. It's a giant show. It really is. It, ooh, Uncle Joe, boom! <laughs> what? Hey, at least what is it? Is that graduating from Dad Joke or is that a step backwards? That's actually a step backwards. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, look, guys, we're going to take our first break. You are listening to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with ghost hunters and authors Rick Hale and uh, Stephen Lancaster. And when we come back, we're going to be talking Should giants. Should I get your name? Probably. Who knows? Who knows, man? <laughs> I got, I'm got. i a man of many names. Mm-hmm. Not all of them good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we will be right back. Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CutYourHeartOut.Fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive! And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, me, Rick Hale, and, um, yeah, you know, uh, Stephen Lancaster. 
over there. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. You know, sorry it's been a couple of weeks, but we are back. So, Stephen, you brought up some really interesting stories, and it has piqued my curiosity. And I want to hear about this house, about what somebody found in the walls of this house. Yes, man, I'm jealous, you know, because this shit just happens to normal people. And that bothers mm-hmm. me. It, it's like you and I, we work our whole life to uncover the unknown, and we just can't have shit like this happen to us. But but okay. anyways, we've got this family, your typical family, you know, pretty much the stereotypical way every haunted house horror movie starts out. They buy a new house, and they start Get noticing... Out. Yes, they start noticing strange things happening. Well, this guy takes it over, and... Uh, he notices one of the walls has this like rogue wire sticking out of it. So, and he's, he's kind mm-hmm. of a, ha- a handy guy. He knows how to like fix things around the house. So he's like, well, I got to figure out what this wire is because it doesn't go to anything. There's no like plug on the end of it. So he kind of takes a hammer and smashes a hole in, in the, uh, in, in the wall. And he exposes Something sitting inside of that wall. Now, Rick, would you would you something pick, sitting? Yes. Would you would you like to just just take a random guess at what this could possibly be? <laughs> something something sitting. That just sounds like uh, super sinister. Um, I'm going to go with the corpse of a fur, of a former owner. No, but that would have been even better. Thank you for ruining my story. Ah, um, oh, you're no, welcome. He finds, you asked me. He finds a vintage doll. Oh, okay. Okay, right. sitting that's, inside that's this wall. Shit. Yeah, okay, who, who does this, man? Who puts a vintage doll? Yeah. I mean, aside from me, you know. But what kind of normal person tries to hide a vintage doll? Well, it doesn't end there, Rick. In fact, here comes the greatest part better. of the story. Okay. Our little doll friend here, her name is Emily. Now, how do we know okay. that this vintage doll's name is Emily? That was going to be my next question. Because Emily is holding a handwritten letter. Now, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I am going to read. Really? Yes, I am going to read this letter. My name is Emily. My original owners lived in this house in 1961. I didn't like them, so they had to go. All they did was <laughs> All they did was sing and be merry. It was sickening. Stabbing <laughs> Stabbing was my choice of death for them. So I hope you have knives. Emily ends the note. <laughs> Hope you sleep well. Now, Jonathan Lewis, the guy who bought this house, is a school Get the teacher. hell out of here. He is a primary school teacher who bought this okay. house. Okay. And he gets this thing. You know, like I said, he sees this loose wire, busts out a hole, hidden inside the wall is a creepy old rag doll <laughs> holding mm-hmm. a letter. That takes claim to the murders that happened there. Takes claim to it. Says, I killed the previous owners. 
you're next, pretty much, <laughs> is, is what Emily, sweet little Emily, is saying. What do you do, Rick? I have, I have, I have so much skepticism yes. concerning this story. I uh, really do, because I mean, let's you know, let, let, let's face it. You see this all over. You know, people are like, you know, they're selling haunted dolls. People are, you know, spending hundreds of dollars on haunted dolls, and it's like you hear stories like this, and it's like, okay. Did he really find that or is he just kind of making up a story because, hey, he wants to get on television? I don't know this this person, you know, and whatever. But I mean, this 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 story seems almost um, too good to be true. Yeah, especially when it comes to people who are in the, the, the strange and unusual. Well, I, I did. Um, I'm going to see if I can find a picture of this to show you real quick. Uh you know, this guy probably will um, end up on TV with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Here we go. I found the picture. Um, because, I mean, a- anybody can just, you know, say, hey, I found this doll in, in the wall, and it's got this handwritten note saying that my that my family and I are next. I just I have a hard time believing that. Well, that and and you know you're gonna you're gonna make a claim here that you're gonna make a claim first off that this letter says the doll is taking responsibility for killing the previous owners. Well, right. if you're gonna come out with this story, back that up. That wouldn't be that hard right. to find that information. If somebody was murdered in that house, whether it was a doll or not. That would be documented somewhere. I would have all of my ducks in a row before coming out with this story. Because right there sets you up for failure when somebody does uh, research on this house. And, dude, nobody even died in that house. You know, what what are you trying Mm -hmm. to pull here? You know, I'm not saying the guy's scamming people. He may have legitimately found it. But it could be nothing more than a joke from the previous owners. Right. You know, they that's well, you know, hide saw, this in the wall, and then it, when we sell the house down the road, it'll be funny. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I remember seeing a meme on, um, you know, in social media where it's like, you know, somebody's like, bury this fake skeleton in your house or someplace when they, and when they go to remodel, they open it up and they find this skeleton and think it's like a real human skeleton. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's funny to pull that kind of practical joke, especially when it could be something, you know, 50 years down the line, but it's like this, this kind of thing right here. It's just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm just really skeptical about this. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I'm trying to pull one of these damn images to show you, but, um, keeps telling me, is is there like a, is there a note? Do they show like an image? Oh, it's an, it's an actual handwritten letter. Oh, here we go. Here's a JPEG uh-huh. I, I can send you. Um, All right, let's see this thing. It, it's a handwritten letter, and uh, but again, it it just sounds to me like it was a prank, is what it sounds to yeah. me. Yeah. Because you know, I I would personally, you know, if you're so handy, you would know when some kind of remodeling was done. If this was done recently. Like you just bought this house, so you could tell, you know, if if something <laughs> had been fixed recently before selling it or placed back there. And I mean, what are the chances 
of just busting that size hole because you're looking at the picture, you know, and and that doll just be sitting there like that. I, I don't know, man. So wait a minute. They, they honestly expect us. To, I, I love how it's got the little little XX in the tongue. <laughs> yeah, that's like really awesome. It is. Uh, you know, okay. You know, okay. This uh, allegedly this has been in this wall for over sixty years, right? Right. Right. Correct. Okay, there's no way this paper is going to be in this good of condition. I don't care if it was hidden behind a wall. There's no way. Just yeah. no way at all. And kind of when you look at that plaster and stuff, too, it's like that doesn't look. I mean, that's drywall. You know what I'm saying? That that doesn't look all that old. Yeah. Because back in the 60s, drywall really wasn't a thing. You know what I'm saying? It was like paneling, like you got behind you. You know you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah. This, this, is, this, this is almost too good to be true. I, 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 will bet, I will bet any amount of money, even if I don't have it, that this thing is going to end up on eBay and, you know, some collector of haunted items is going to is going to snatch this thing right up oh I'll regardless buy it. of i i know you will. I'll buy you it just, that, the, just because of the creepy freaking thing sitting behind you i want that letter that, that, i'll get it framed but here but but you know what on on the flip of this if we're wrong and this family like ends up stabbed to death in the middle of the night. We're gonna be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Rick didn't believe it, man. Rick didn't believe it. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm I'm sorry, but as far as this story is concerned, I'm calling shenanigans on it. Yeah, we're gonna have to go thumbs down. Thumbs down on that one. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. One out of five shadows. One out of five. One and one specifically just for the creativity. There was a letter. Yeah. I mean, when when have you ever heard of a doll writing a letter? I mean, that's that's pretty good. Never. That's taking it to yeah. the next level. But you know what? And when you think about it too, that is one sick son of a bitch. <laughs> if somebody did write that in their wall, that is one sick son of a bitch. And like, yeah, I'm gonna get the you know the future person living in my house sixty years from now. You know what? Props to them. If it's a prank, props to them. It's like, you know, my wife and I talked, you know, because we'll eventually sell this or try to, ain't nobody going to buy this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> going to. No, no way, man. I've seen the shows is what they're going to say. <laughs> but with that being said, let's uh, jump to another awesome commercial where, uh, Rick and I sell ourselves and our awesome books. You guys need to check those out. Really cool stories that we wrote that you don't have to break a wall. You don't have to break a wall to find them. You can just order them. So with that being said, you guys check out these commercials and we will be right back. And Rick is going to take us. He's, he's planted the seeds. The beanstalk is growing. B five O fum. Yes. We're going to the land of giants. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. 
paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeists, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Uh, okay, welcome back to the Shadow Initiative uh, Paranormal Talk podcast number five in the world. Have we mentioned that? Anyways, look in the notes. You can five. check out the link. Yes. Um, with that being said, uh, we are back here with a brand new episode. And again, throughout the week, you can check out our little shows, Ghost Watch, personally done by Rick Hale, and Ghost Story, done by yours truly but rick is bringing the giants to the table today and no you know it's one thing we haven't talked about and no we're not talking football we're not talking football rick what are we talking we're talking about legends legends of giants i almost said legends of real giants because you can't really you know put real on that because there is no you know physical evidence to prove that there's anything like this until now Oh, oh so i found this yeah, so, okay, this this article comes to us from Business Insider. Business Insider is a, uh, is a le- legitimate uh, newspaper. Um, typically, it's all about business. They put, you know, things about politics and other kind of, you know, articles in this. But this one's really interesting. You know, I already read it already, but I'm going to read the uh, headline again. 1,000-year-old Native American carvings of mysterious giant humanoids discovered on the ceiling of an Alabama cave. Now, I mean that is that that that's interesting in and of itself. But let's let's kind of like get into this a little bit, and you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit on our way uh, on our way. So, a scientific study has uncovered massive ghostly figures carved into the ceiling of an Alabama cave more than a thousand years old. So, a thousand years ago, the Native Americans of that region went into this cave, and put these carvings or, you know, cave drawings up of these uh, giant humanoid figures. So the figures, three of which were humanoid in shape, are among the biggest ever uncovered in North America. Some are more than six feet long per a study presenting the findings published in the peer-reviewed journal Antiquity on Tuesday. Known as glyphs, the unique carving sculpted in the soft mud on the cave ceiling could provide clues into the traditions of Native American people of the southeastern U.S., says, say the uh, study's authors. We know that Native Americans over a wide area have certain ideas in their religious concepts that they share. They believe in a tiered universe, said archaeologist Jan Simic. They believed that there were these spirit worlds all around them that permeate the natural world, even though 
we couldn't see them. The project was decades in the making for the paper's authors, archaeologist Jan Simic, and there, there she is again. I just got another picture of your little friend there. Um, the cave ceiling is so close to the floor. Now, th this, this is really interesting. The cave ceiling is so close to the floor that it was impossible to take good pictures of the carvings. So let's just stop right there and we'll discuss a little bit, okay? So we have these Native American drawings, but here's the thing about this. Somebody a thousand years ago, a Native American, for whatever reason, went to an area of a cave that was too close to the floor and wrote these huge, or drew these huge carvings of giants. So now we have a lot of um, giant legends, not only from Native Americans, and we're going to get into that a little bit more because there are a lot of giants in Native American legend. But you also have giants from other cultures as well. Uh, the Babylonians, they had the Anunnaki, and I'm not going to get into the whole alien conspiracy theory concerning that. I'm just going to mention it because it is part of their mythology. Whether or not they're aliens, that's for you to decide. I don't know. Um, the uh, In Ireland, there is the Giant's Causeway, which is like a, a huge tiered stepped area where it believes that the Giant's Finn McCool from Ireland and from Scotland, there was another giant. I, can, I think his name was uh, Banandadir. They would cross this giant causeways just so they could fight. And of course, you know, we also have, you know, giants in cryptozoology. We have, you know, Bigfoot, the Almas, um, and um, the Yeti. So it, it really got me thinking. It's like, Stephen, what do you think about this? I mean, this, this idea of giants. It's it's really there's so many angles to come at this. For for one, it's all about mm -hmm. perception. Okay, because right. because first off, and this isn't to disparage anybody's beliefs or, or, or race or anything like that. You know, my wife's Native American, but yes, we're we're talking about a culture um, on a normal daily basis uh, partaked in hallucinogens. You know, mm -hmm. they, they believed sure. that, that they were connecting to the spirit world, like the article was saying there, um, that there's different tiers, different levels of reality, so to speak. Um, so it's kind of hard. It's like if you take that same mentality and you bring it to the 21st century and you have two guys standing in front of you. One guy says, I did not see a giant. The guy was only five foot tall. The other guy says, I saw a giant. He was 10 foot tall. But that guy's a drug addict. Who are you going to believe? Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so it, it's, but at the same time, at the same time, again, that word I said earlier, perception, you know, we're talking about um, it can happen. It mm -hmm. can happen biologically. We've got uh, pituitary uh, gigantism, however you say that, uh, Morphin syndrome, Soto syndrome. Uh, Illinois, the giant of Illinois. Um, you just said Illinois. I know. I'm sorry. Illinois, Illinois. the giant of <laughs> Illinois, Robert Wadlow. That's your neck mm -hmm. of the woods. Was yes. eight foot eleven, almost nine foot tall. This is true. Right. This guy really existed. He was documented. Guinness Book of Records. There's photos of him. 
Okay, that I would consider a giant. If you took Robert Wadlow back two, three hundred years, anybody back there is going to consider him a giant. Well, here, you know, here's, here's an interesting thing to also think about, too. Um, take Abraham Lincoln, for example. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln was six foot four, six foot five. He was unusually tall for that era when like the average height of a man was about five foot four, five foot five. Mm-hmm. That was the average height. But, you know, people that suffer, you know, I don't want to use the term suffer, but people that have um, gigantism and it causes them to become, you know, extremely tall, they also suffer from a lot of um, illnesses, physical oh, problems. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't live very joints. long. Yeah, and they don't live very long. Um, I know, I, you know, Robert Wadlow, he couldn't walk without the help of a, of a really big cane. And, you know, they have they have lung problems because their body is so big. Their brain is, you know, is, is a little bit bigger. And there's there's a lot of health issues involved with gigantism. Well, well, again, too, you, we've talked about it before when it comes to witchcraft and, and examining old photos. You know, we're talking we, we've got to consider the mentality of man at any given point in history, you mm-hmm. know, like like with witchcraft. They, they thought it was a genius idea to throw women in water, and if they floated, they were a witch. So they would right. literally have to die to prove that they weren't. They would have to drown. You know, we, we also we look back at Civil War where we thought, hey, it's genius. Let's all stand in a line with a rifle that can only shoot once at another line full of rifles and then just shoot at each other. That yeah. is stupid. But that was the mentality of man. So... We didn't have those biological or health breakthroughs or medical breakthroughs to know that, hey, this guy is dealing with, with a rare condition. He's not really evil. He, he's not a mutant. You know, he, he's not some giant, maybe giant by uh, definition, but not like giant myth- mythological giant. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I'm not I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying there are way too many other possibilities. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and also, too, it's, it's another thing to consider that, you know, anthropologists will tell you that as far as Native American um, legends are concerned, you know, they lived very close to nature. They were very in tuned with this, very in tune with the spiritual realm. So, you know, some anthropologists will say that these were actually spiritual uh, creatures or spiritual beings that they were dealing with, but to them it was very real. But then you also have other anthropologists who will tell you that they were very careful and, you know, very careful observers of the natural world. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, they not only did they document the spiritual, but they also documented the natural as well. Now, it's 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 really interesting to find these six foot tall glyphs and you know you know and of course it could be just you know they decided to be you know take a little um, um, artistic license with putting these glyphs up there and you know it could just be representative of like a normal sized person that they decided to make bigger than what it is mm-hmm. so it's like we we have that but there is also other kinds of physical evidence concerning Native Americans. Um, dealings with giants. And, you know, and I know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know where I'm going with this. I'm going with the Lovelock Cave in Nevada. Now, the red I know hair, that, red hair giant. 
Giants, the Red Hair Giants, or the Citeca, as they called them. So we have like this this legend from from the uh, Native Americans of the southwestern desert, and they talk about a race of giants in that figure very very heavily into their um, into their mythology, and they were much larger than other men. They had paler skin, long red hair, and at first they were very peaceful. And then something happened where they started to attack uh, humans. And they would take women and children, and they became, these Citeca became cannibals. So the Native Americans, they decided the Native Americans of the region, they banded together and they decided to declare war on these red-haired giants. You know, they pretty much just wiped them out over, you know, however long their war with them happened. But they managed to chase a small group of them into a cave, and that's the Lovelock Cave in Nevada. And in order to finally exterminate them or get them to come out so that they could, you know, kill them, they set the cave on fire. And these Citeca or red-haired giants, and, and, and if I'm mispronouncing this incorrectly, I do apologize. Um, but these red-haired giants, they, they wound up getting caught in the cave and they wound up dying from the fire. Okay, we have this as, um, as not only a legend, but many would, would claim that it is a historical fact that this really happened. And the reason that they would claim that it's a historical fact, because skeletons of these creatures were discovered in the Lovelock Cave in Nevada. And, you know, they noticed that their hair was, you know, of course it was red. And we'll get into what skeptics say concerning that. And their, their bones were larger than the average Native American at that time, which at that time, the average Native American male would have been about five feet tall. If even that, they were very short in stature. Um, these skeletons were upwards seven feet tall. So they were definitely larger than the average human living in that region at the time. But it's the red hair that really kind of got to people. And they thinking like, okay, maybe there is something to this legend. But now here's the skeptical approach to it. Skeptics will say that over time, dark hair because of oxidation will turn red. Now I have to go with that. I have to go with what science says concerning that because that is a fact. Would you agree? Yes. I was going to mention it if you, if you did. Right. Yeah. But it still remains that the average people at that time were about five feet tall. I think it was like between five and five, two. I, I looked into this and, um, these giant, these, skeletons were well over six feet tall so it's like well what ooh, what is that oh so it's like you gotta goodbye bug um so you gotta kind of think <laughs> like a bug crawling on the computer i just whapped him um so you gotta kind of wonder it's like okay i can see the oxidation of the hair turning you know black hair red but seven foot tall skeletons how is this possible that's like two feet taller than the average person at the time yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've read a lot about it. And, you know, many of the bones that they found that they initially thought um, were human were actually from cows. Okay. 
So that, you know, these large femurs or whatnot, or whatever you want to call them, that they thought were human femurs, but were actually bones from cows. And you've also got to consider decomposition um, is going to add that dark red tint. Um, and, and in the grand scheme of things, Rick, I mean, like if I stood next to Shaq, Shaq's mm-hmm. a tall dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. Um, he's going to be much larger than me. But right. would I call him a giant? You know, I, I think it's like when people think giants, man, you know, they think giant, like Jack and the Beanstalk giant, right. you know, or Troll Hunter giant. They, they, uh, or green, Jolly Green giant. Um, they don't think six, seven foot tall. To right. me, that wouldn't be a giant. That would just be, that's kind of common now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? And again, yeah. again, I, I think on one hand you can say yes, it's a historical fact that the Native Americans believed it. Mm-hmm. That you know, but believing <coughs> it and it actually being true are two different things. And right. you know, it's just hard to say, man. Maybe it was just a a tribe of taller people, or or they they had ways of making themselves look taller with headdresses and you know that ceremonial type stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. There, to me, there just hasn't really been a a well-documented case through and through to where you sit back and say, yeah, okay, I believe this really happened. You know, right. like the dinosaurs, we know that happened. Well, but, see, you know, but like yeah, no, dragons, how many stories of dragons are there? But there's not a lick of proof. Well, now, see, now I'm, I'm glad that you, um, you know, brought up dinosaurs and brought up dragons. You know, I mean, archaeology as a science has really only been around for maybe 150 years at the most. Mm-hmm. You know, or it was like turned into an actual science rather than just people grave robbing. So, you know, you get people back in, say, like, you know, the 11th century in England, and they find these huge bones. They were turned up because, you know, because of flooding or they, you know, dug it up because they were building, uh, you know, a castle or a keep or, or you know, establishing a new village or whatever. Um, they find these giant bones and they're actual dinosaur bones. But in their mind, they're like, well, you know, I don't know that there was something that existed, you know, 100 million years ago. So to them, they assume that they're either dealing with dragons or they're dealing with giant human beings. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, yeah, you know, I mean, the legends are great. You hear these legends. You also hear legends of, um, of uh, European first contact in Argentina, how they came upon this tribe of peaceful giants living in Argentina. You know, you hear all these legends and you hear all these stories, and it's like, like you said, there really is not any physical evidence to point that nine to 10 to 12 feet tall people actually existed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all interesting. I mean, all of this folklore and mythology and cause you'd never know. I mean, I, that's, I would love, love to be able to travel back as an observer. Right. And just watch. And document. I mean, but that's not in the cards. That's not an opportunity we're ever going to have. Right. Um, 
And it, that's a shame because it, it's no different. If you look at, if you take away the internet and you take away cell phones and television and, and the way we, we communicate and relay information now, if you take that all away and, and we'll use, uh, we'll just take one of your cases. You wrote down one of your cases mm-hmm. and somebody finds that 200 years from now, they're going to believe in what you wrote. Right. You see what I'm saying? Cause there's nothing to the contrary. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's exactly, you know, the point that I, you know, that I'm getting to, it's like, we ha- like, we have all these great legends. We got legends of, you know, giants. We've got legends of dragons and it's like, it's just, if we ever were to come up and I, and I ask you this question, Science has been saying for the longest time, these things don't possibly exist or can't mm-hmm. possibly exist. Aliens aren't visiting. Ghosts aren't real. Um, Yeti is a complete and totally fabricated myth. Same with Sasquatch. If they were presented with actual physical evidence concerning these things, do you think that they would be like, oh, yeah, we were, to- we were, we were totally wrong the whole time? <laughs> I honestly... I, I, I don't I, I think that I think that ego would get in the way. Well, you see, then you open up the whole can of worms that they did know and it's just been covered up. Right. You know, which for I the same reasons uh, as aliens uh, and UFOs and, you know, which I hate doing because I'm, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe that there is this um, all these sinister projects out there you know working towards the downfall of man i'm not i'm not built that way but it's like i really gotta honestly wonder if mainstream science was finally presented with some kind of hardcore factual evidence would they say okay we were wrong i i I just don't know i i would think as a as a scientist i would think that you would jump at it like wow you know i want to learn more about this i want to study it you know it would be like uh, probably a scientist dream come true right to have something new to research that's how i would view it it's like if we could prove the afterlife is real could you imagine what field of study that would open up right you know yeah i mean i i would that'd be great and the thing is is like if it if it were to happen would it be taken out of the hands of everyday folks like you and I and completely left up to scholars and academia? That's that, that, that that's kind of something that I, I, I sort of worry about. Like, you know, like it's all of a sudden it's like it's no longer normal, everyday average people like you and I that are looking into these things. So it's it's just it's, it's a lot to really process and really think about. Do giants exist? Probably not. But the legends are great. Well, I think just to touch base on something that you're saying <laughs> is uh, uh, Rick's Rick's kid just like creeped up in the back. Hi, Theo. It, 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 it wasn't <laughs> Emily the doll, though. It, it, it oh, was no. Theo. It was Theo. Uh, yeah, because Emily the doll wasn't holding a knife. So I, I think me, me, me. you're kind of on to something there, though, because let's say science does prove the afterlife exists science does mm-hmm. prove that there are evil violent entities if that happened i truly believe that ghost hunting as we know it would be banned 
Yeah, I do too. It would become that, illegal. That's what I was getting to. It would become illegal. Right. Yeah, I kind of think that that's what I was going to. But um, yeah, so definitely with these legends and all that, it's like, you know, you kind of got to just take it right now as a legend because obviously we weren't there a thousand years ago. So, but yeah, but it's interesting that we did start this off with kind of an anthropological uh, sort of discussion because you have something that does come from the field of anthropology. Yes. And when we come back, we are going to close out this show with a great discussion from a guy I've been studying, following along with. And Rick, I'm so curious to hear your take on the things that this man says. So you guys check out this commercial. When we come back, we are going to be talking about why an anthropologist thinks we're going about ghost hunting completely wrong. And he said something that I am absolutely in love with. So you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman II, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. And welcome one and all back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Uh, We were just talking about, you know, giants and legends and, you know, things that kind of you know that not, not kind of, but does figure in to anthropology. And Stephen, you have an article from an anthropologist that you have been following. Yes, 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 yes. His name's Jack Hunter. He sounds like he would be the hero in some kind of novel. You know, here, the uh, the uh, surgical uh, oncologist who did my who you know chopped my leg off. His name was Doctor Rex Hayden. So it's like you got all the, like these cool names, man. But all right, go ahead. With yeah, and we're, we're stuck with Rick Hale and Stephen yeah, Lancaster. Whoop de so- doo. Anyways, um, this guy is a Welsh author and anthropologist, and, you know, he studies the paranormal, and and I like some of the things that he talks about and some of the things that he says. And and one of the things that that he said um, against the, the skeptics, against, you know, people denying that paranormal phenomena is real, um, Mm -hmm. is he says you have to acknowledge that while the topic may not be typical, it's a normal part of the processes that go on in the world. Yes. That is beautiful. That is well-written, fantastic way to say it, that, yeah, you know, we can't put this in a test tube. You know, we, we can't measure it. You know, we can't put it on display like a monkey at a zoo. But we have to acknowledge the fact that this is a normal part of our everyday life. Right. You know, just because you can't explain. Yeah, just because you can't explain it uh, doesn't mean it's not really happening. Um, Like the popularity of the show. (laughs) I can't explain (laughs) it. I can't explain that. But it is happening. (laughs) (laughs) 
so now here's the thing that this quote I, I of all the things that I have read in quite some time, this quote is just magnificent. Okay, mm-hmm. he he is saying that ghost hunters, and of course he just kind of <laughs> brushed off the TV shows, but he's talking about you know like real people that do this for real, um, saying that we're going about it all wrong. Now, you know, the field of anthropology is you're, you are involved with the situation right? A- at the time. You, you are studying it as it's happening. Like, like let's say if you're studying a, a ritual, you are a part of that ritual. You are there. You are, you are observing it. You know, like we talked about in the previous segment, being able to go back and observe what these people were doing when they thought they were being attacked by giants, you know, stuff like that. Right. But this is the quote, Rick. The moment that we start to try to break them down and put them into a laboratory condition, remove them from the emotional live, I'm sorry, emotional lived world experience that they take place in naturally, then we're kind of steering ourselves away from understanding them. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. The moment that we try to break them down. And put them into a laboratory condition. Remove them from the emotional lived world experience that they take place in naturally. Then we are kind of steering ourselves away from understanding them. Yeah, man. I I really, really love that quote. Yes. I mean, that is an awesome quote. Um, You you know, you you got guys like Brian Cox. For example, he is a he's an English astrophysicist, you know, super smart guy. He will go out there and absolutely make fun of anybody and talk shit about anybody who believes in anything supernatural or paranormal. He's kind of a jerk. You know, I'm just going to, you know, say it. He's, He's a jerk. But you got guys like this. You know, he's an anthropologist. He studies these legends. He studies these stories. You know, stories of ghosts and hauntings have always been with us. Mm-hmm. It is it is a part of the human experience. Yes, and I like the way he says that because if you really you've got to really break down what he says. And, and you know, uh, a few weeks back, we had um, your boy on the show, uh, David David uh, Sanderson. David Sanderson, right? yeah, yep, Sanderson. and. Uh, it was some excellent conversation. And one of the things we were kind of talking about is how people really are on, on the norm or what they think is the norm investigating the paranormal. They're going about it all wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's kind of like, like Jack saying here, you know, like I said, when we had, when we had David on the show that right now you can't measure a ghost. And when you go out on a paranormal investigation, nine times out of 10, you're not studying the actual haunting. You're studying the after effects right. of that haunting. Not what a ghost is comprised of. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's okay. So this is kind of what Jack is saying. So like when you go out, like you and me get a phone call from Mrs. Mary down the street says she just got haunted last night. We go and investigate it. Okay. We are on her turf. We're investigating, but we're investigating the after effects. Mm-hmm. We weren't there to observe, understand, log data, and study it when it actually happened. However, 
we you you may be lucky and actually experience it and see it for yourselves. I mean, I, I know I have, and I know you have as well. Yeah, sure, sure. But but you know what Jack is alluding to is just that it is like okay, the, these famously let's say uh, historic haunted locations that that have just become tourist attractions. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you go there and you go to investigate them. You, you're you're investigating something that's already happened, right? Okay, it's it's more of a crime scene at that point, and you're trying to to gather up all these little clues to try to figure out what the actual haunting was. You weren't there for that actual haunting, but like you said, sometimes you are. Sometimes, the, if it's intelligent, there's a very good chance you can experience things of your own. You know, right. but if it but but if it's like a recording that just happens every so often who knows when you're going to catch it if you catch it so so i like that that you you can't bottle up the paranormal and take it into a lab because the second that you do you you've just completely taken away any chance of understanding it because it's not happening in a lab right and, and you know and there have been uh parapsychologists who have you know you know, tried doing it in the past. I, I think J.B. Ryan is one that immediately comes to mind. He tried taking the paranormal out and putting it in the lab, but not really so much with ghosts and hauntings, but rather with, um, you know, like psychic ability, which I mm-hmm. think is a, which I think is is a little bit more, you know, capable of doing that. You know, putting it into a lab, but it's sort of also even more awesome when it's done out in the wild. Yeah, you know, that that's one one pass I'll, I'll give you there, you know, with, with psychokinesis and psychic activity. I mean, you're looking at something that is bioelectrical, you know, that is something that can theoretically be measured. So, yeah, right. bringing a subject to a uh, controlled environment, entirely believable, entirely um, prob- probably the best way to examine it and study it. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about a haunting, a ghost... You know, this is something for lack of going into a Ghostbusters joke is something we can't catch. You know, we can't tranquilize a ghost and bring it back to a lab and study it and then release it back into its haunt. Right. (laughs) You know, it's spontaneous and it's elusive. You know, when when we had uh, when we had David uh, Saunderson on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, I said that you can't make an effective bear trap without first knowing what a bear is made of. Right. You know, and I think that that's the same thing with ghosts because it's so elusive, because it's so spontaneous. We don't know what a ghost is made up of. We can only um, speculate. And it's, I, I don't know if you remember this, but but the, the thing that really kind of turned me off from ghost adventures years ago, because I admit I kind of liked it at first, until they started getting into the whole demon thing. But they had their they had a live episode where they had this dude on the show who claimed to have made a ghost trap. Yes, I was just yes, thinking about that? him. The guy who threw the EMF meter. You you can you can like see him flick his wrist, you yeah. know, ever so yeah. slightly and show that. But it's like he's like, Well, you know, I built this trap because of, you know, you know, ghosts, they you know, the whole electromagnetic thing that they can you, you know be part of that or, or, you know, cause it to have, you know, issues or whatever, but it's like, you cannot create 
a bear trap without first knowing what a bear is. And we don't, we just don't know what ghosts are, but we right. are willing to try out. We are willing to find out. We're willing to give up our Saturday evenings just to find out. Right. And it goes back to, to the philosophy that I've always lived by. And I, I believe you do too, is, you know, these TV shows, these investigators, um, are in there three, four hours and then they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas people like you and me, actual field researchers, we try to spend as much time and as many times at these locations as possible. Right. You know, I mean, you, I, I, you got I've, to. I've, I've been to a house. I've been to a house more than two or three times. Yeah. I mean, you got to. I mean, you look at the Brentwood Wine Bistro. That's 10 years of investigating that. Well, more than that now. But, you know, 12, 13 years of investigating that location. That's what you have to do because this stuff isn't on call, you mm-hmm. know. So you can't say yay or nay in one night, honestly. You can't. You can't say it's haunted, and you can't say it's not. Right. You know, there's 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 two things that I you know I want to I want to speak to. Um, when it comes to anthropology, you know, I think I already mentioned this about you know these um, l- legends and stories have been a part of, of the human experience. You know, going all you know further back than the mists of time. So it's always been. A part of a, a part of us, and the second thing I wanted to speak of, I think it. I think that some scientists, especially ones like you know Brian Cox, for example, um, they're doing a great disservice to the world in in general, you know, by saying that these things don't exist without actually going out and looking at them for themselves. And it's like just just because you didn't have that experience doesn't mean that somebody else didn't you it's it's disingenuous to say well i'm not going to believe this what this person says here because they could either be a liar a hoaxer or some kind of a drug addict right the job the job of science is to and you know allow me to just you know before i finish my statement with this i'm just a guy with a high school diploma i don't have you know i didn't go to college i don't have any kind of um, you know advanced degrees or anything like that but the way i understand science is science is supposed to be an exploration of the unknown and i think that a lot of mainstream scientists are doing you know this world a disservice by completely dismissing that which makes me think that ego is involved and fear of losing grants and money is also involved as well yeah yeah, I, I agree. I, I completely agree with you. So on that note, I think this has been um, an excellent show. Very productive. Very. It, it was gigantic. It was gigantic. Yes. We got legend, legends of giants. We got, you know, like a mainstream anthropologist saying, hey, this stuff is real. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, I mean, this is, but and, and, and again, this is for you, the listener, our shadows, to you know, kind of, you know, come up with your own ideas concerning this. And we invite you to, you know, send us anything that you want to send us, you know, your your thoughts, your ideas. Um, or if you have like a suggestion, something that you want us to cover, let us know. And where can they let us know, Stephen? Yeah, we're, we're like the most accessible guys. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Or if you if you're not a face face beer you can uh, just email us at shadow initiative talk at gmail.com and you know wherever you listen to our podcast i uh, just want to give a heads up to everybody out there facebook is removing the podcast feature this summer 
Oh, yeah, which yeah, that really sucks. But um, so if you guys are only listening to us on Facebook, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you guys uh, listen to us. Subscribe because every Sunday, you know, we do our main show, but we're going to be dropping these little shows throughout the week of Ghost Watch. Um, this week on Ghost Story, um, covering a an investigation. Entitled They Came From The Woods And a uh, another one called The Haunting of Chief McK- Police Chief McKenzie Rick, what do you got coming up on, on uh, Ghostwatch this week? Well, you know, uh, with Ghostwatch I'm not just going to read, um, you know Articles that I've written for, you know A couple of different places Like, you know, Spooky Isles or Paranormal Study But I'm going to be talking about my own um, investigations One that I just recently One that I just did yesterday was called Butter Churn of the Dead. And this was a case that I did back in the late 90s um, in uh, Lindenhurst, Illinois, uh, which is a little town up near the Wisconsin border about a family who brings, you know, they, they, they buy this brand new house in a brand new subdivision, and all of a sudden their house is spontaneously haunted. Well, it all has to do with an antique butter churn. So, you know, not only do you get a haunting, but you also get a haunted item as well. And we know how much people dig that. Oh, yeah. And if I am not mistaken, um, that one released this morning. Uh, Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, that one came out yesterday. And you've got Ghosts of the Metro coming up uh, on our network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, in order to get those special episodes, you, you need to subscribe to us. So you, you're instantly notified when they're released. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Metro, too, because Metro is like an incredibly uh, Metro and Smart Bar is a very popular music venue in uh, the Wrigleyville neighborhood on the north side of Chicago. Uh, my friend and I were going to go see KMFDM there in October. So it's like I am looking forward to that like you wouldn't believe. But I have been there before. Smart Bar is a great place to have a drink. Metro is a great place to see um, see um to see some uh, live music, and it is haunted. It's one of the lesser-known haunts in Chicago, but according to a lot of people who have been there, they have seen ghosts, and there's two of them, so I encourage you to read about the ghosts of Metro. Cool. Well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us for yet another week. We will be back, as always. Um, Please leave us your comments, subscribe, give us some reviews. Um, And like Rick said, we are always open to ideas. If you want to be on the show, just shoot us, drop us a line, shoot us an email. Um, If there's a particular person you want to see us get on the show, we will get that person. Just let us know. We do this show for you guys. Exactly. And um, oh, and again, too, there's, you know, kind of like falling off the wayside a little bit. But Encounters with the Unknown was a little thing, a segment that we had on the show. If you have... You know, an encounter with something like, you know, a ghost or, you know, an alien, psychic, you know, monster, whatever. Let us know. Send us that story, you know, two or three paragraphs at the most, a page, whatever. And uh, I'll read it here on the show. And if we find your story compelling enough, we'll even have you on. So, you know, again, Stephen, can you let them know where where they can send those uh, send those stories? Yeah. Shadow Initiative Talk at gmail.com. Or, like I said, if you're on social media, Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Well, Rick, it's been a fantastic show. I guess we're going to make like a giant and 
climb on out of here? I, I, I don't know. Eat some green beans? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, guys. Have a great week, and we'll be back at you soon. See you soon.